Welcome to In the Green Room from the New Theatre Royal Lincoln, where we'll bring you show news, interviews with the stars and glimpses of life backstage and maybe the just a bit of gossip from behind the scenes as well. This time round, it's a pleasure to be joined by the stage manager, Ian Marston. Thank you very much. Hello, and uh, gossip. Well, what do you know? What do you know? Well, <laughs> as you know, you may remember, my office door is always open and it's well sighted. It's, it's positioned between the stage and the green room. So if anybody's talking on the way through and they think they're on their own, well, they're not, because I can always hear them. So if you want any <laughs> gossip, Ian's the man to send the cheque to. Um, <laughs> it's really busy at the minute, isn't it? Because as we're recording this, we've got Avita, we've got the County Amateur Operatic and Dramatic Society with their production, so it's been busy getting ready for that. And we're on the verge of panto season as well. So. Although Panto hasn't started, it's very much been in Natalie's mind as the artistic well, director yeah. in your mind as well. <laughs> it's been our mind since last January, or this January, just when one was gone. Um, yeah, it, it, it is hectic. I mean, last year we had uh, the King and I and that for the county, and that came in in September. So that gave me all the summer to, to construct the set. I've been involved with them on and off, shall we say, since uh, 1984. And, and recently I've taken back... Uh, a bit of senior building and that sort of thing for them, which I very much enjoy. Um, largely because we don't tend to get big productions come to the theatre now. A lot of uh, a lot of what we get is only here for the one night, and so is therefore scaled down as such. I mean, if anybody has seen or, or is coming to see Evita, you'll know this is not scaled down in any way. And we've taken the full width of the stage, and I have to say height, um, to, to full advantage for this production. And so that's been a big build, a very big build. Um, and uh, we'll take uh, take some getting out at the weekend before we we commence panto on Sunday. Um, so so no, it's it's all on top of it to each other at the moment. You you've got a bit of experience of this, Ian. We do have to say because you've been here. You're at trying to say I'm old, yeah, I'm saying you, you're very old. You've been here a long, long time. You've seen yeah. But so as you were saying there, things have changed over the years, haven't they? Because at yeah. one time the theatre would be very much a production coming in yeah, for a, mass, a week or yeah, a massively. Few days. When I yeah. when I first started, I mean I. I I got involved again through the amateurs. When I left school at 18, I joined the Lincoln Amateurs, uh, and that was back end of 83. Um, they can work out how old I am now, you see. And uh, we, uh, we, we, we came in in the following February, and uh, the, the then stage manager, the, uh, the, the great Art Walker, in his wisdom, spotted I was keen and said, would I like to come and help on some of the stuff that was coming in? I did. And uh, despite having a job in the Builders Merchants, at the time, which is now the University uh, Library, actually. Oh, yes. Um, well, yeah, so it was Pattinson's, I used to be there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I came and did a bit here and then gradually um, navigated towards this building and, and, and abandoned everything else, really. Um, but at that time, uh, you know, the 45-foot lorry would uh, carefully back up the side street. And on a Monday, we would be all day building the set. Uh, and then the, the play that, that, that contained uh, was here for the week. So once we'd done all the hard work on a Monday, it was just coming in on the evenings to run, run the shows, which was uh, much less uh, arduous than, than welcoming somebody new to the theatre every day, where there's not always an awful lot to change, but there's always a lot of in and outs, and also you know, early mornings and late nights. So the demands on us as a venue, uh, marketing as well, of course, because if you're only selling one, only, if you're selling one show a week, um, you've got 
a bit more uh, a bit more time to look at the one that's coming up the next week whereas the guys now one day the next day the day after the day after there's a, there's a continuum and there's no let up it's very um very much a, a different world now except when we get to panto and the, we have we have uh, six weeks of of a, of a continuum and indeed when the amateurs come in um so there's a there's, that's the difference now as opposed to when i started where everything was here for a week or maybe two weeks it's now here for a night but the technology has changed as well a lot over the years in a building like this i know there's a, a lot of problems changing anything a little bit too much but has has the technology changed for you as a stage manager um yeah i mean from my end as, as, as a stage manager my end is scenery and so i'm i'm, I'm massively left behind now i do not text with two thumbs <laughs> You know, now the boys that Sorry, the boy, I don't either. The boys that are, you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. The boys that are with me have that ability. Nor did I ever play computer games. Now you need to be dexterous beyond. Well, you play the piano, but you need to be dexterous beyond belief now to do what we used to do. The old lighting desk I had was great. I had 64 submasters, and I could sort of like paint by numbers and nicely selective and merge from one colour into another. I now have to remember to change pages and palettes and layers and instead of looking at what's out the window and doing something like that it's it, 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 it's all it's all at speed digital and they're very good at it and, and i'm not so so when companies come in now i tend to say hello welcome to new Digital lincoln would you like a cup of tea and you can get on with it and yeah. then that's it yeah 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 great stuff but how does it so like for example this week you, you've helped a little a bit with the build for, for a vita how, when it comes to Panto, because Natalie, the artistic director, obviously has very clear ideas in her head about how it's going to look when opening night takes place, how do you work together for that to translate to what eventually goes on your stage and, and your part in the production? Well, ultimately, the director of any show sort of is, is the boss. We can advise on potential pitfalls um, uh, in, in the hope that we can, we can avoid them, obviously, because you don't, you don't want somebody to pursue an idea that you absolutely have either been there before or your experience tells you this is going to be problematic mm. and, and won't work. Um, and I have to say, we, we, we have been fortunate that, that Natalie massively uh, uh, and trusts what we what we say and when we stage things and she knows that what we all do as a department that it matters what goes on that stage you know I do get frustrated when people come to me and on, on an afternoon and we're busy fitting their show up and, and I say oh I'll just make that cloth level it's not quite right and they tell me it'll do well it won't do it's on our stage they're here for the day we're here for the rest of the you know whatever um, and so it does matter and so we, because we have we have that care for, for what goes on. Uh, when you turn when it's right, and you know, as you may know, that we've worked through the night, two nights on Evita. Um, we don't very often pull the all-nighters, as they call them, but that's the case. Um, if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. And the energy, probably courtesy of adrenaline and, and desire, comes from somewhere. And the fact that we want it to be as best as we can, we can possibly make it. Because if it's as great as we can, it's good for us, then the audience are, are going to be happy with it too. Um, in terms of the panto, we often, you know, we'll bat things around over the summer and say, oh, I'd like to do that in this scene. And I think, well, what have I got in the cupboard? By the cupboard, I mean the store. 
um, if we're going to make some of it ourselves. Obviously, we hire um, a portion of it in at the moment, but when we did Aladdin, that was a total in-house build and um, a project that we managed ourselves from the outset, which was amazing. We built, you know, the steelwork, the woodwork, all the painting, canvassing, it all happened on site. Um, you know, and if we'd, if we'd been doing the podcast thing then, that would have been something to have followed as a little <laughs> mini-series, really. Because yeah, yeah. we had all manner of people that we knew that could do, tradesmen, come in and, uh, and work with us. And um, Steve, who was with me at the time, we, we just cracked on when we got spare days to, to do a little bit. And that was right from the summer. We started on that. But that's the other thing, isn't it? When you, when you say <clears throat> we, the royal we, it's not that big a team. No, no. I mean, the entire theatre for the for the size of the venue is a small team. But but there are three of us um, full time uh, backstage. Um, I'm now with Robin Bailey, um, and you know, it, 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 it's sometimes a difficulty to think. Oh, what could, can, can I go to the shops today? Have I got time to go and pay that bill? Have I got time? You always have. I'm very bad at taking time out, and people may be laughing at that because it was. Uh, um, but there's always something to be doing. Um, I, I have to say, I'm probably a bit slow at doing it now, so probably it takes me longer, so I'm here longer. Um, but because what goes on there and what goes on throughout the building has um, an importance, I think, to me particularly, that, that I like to be around all the time to make sure, you know, all the bits are as they ought to be. And come opening night for Panto, as you say, by the time you know you've got the stage set in, you've had your rehearsals, you've had the dress rehearsals and things, and technical rehearsals to check everything's okay. How much potential is there for things to go wrong, and do do they go wrong from time to time? Um, yeah, they can do. Uh, in the main, the things that go wrong um, on the Panto, we have. Uh, a grid with them. Um, these are for, for flown articles of uh, scenery and lighting of, of 35 bars and we will probably have maybe 33 of those full for a panto. So quite, quite, quite tightly packed. Just to give you an idea, a modern, um, a modern grid's probably got um, 450 um, mil, that's 18 inches in old money, um, centres for the flying bars, ours are probably 150 or 6 inches apart, so really close. And because the bars don't just fly, uh, the ropes rather, aren't always in line with the bar, they dovetail out at the end, it's possible for one cloth to go up inside another cloth. Rarely happens, but when it does, it's a major hassle for us and we have to you don't always know until it's due to come in, then there's a problem. We will have to make a decision, do we drop a different cloth in? At which point the actors will normally comment and there's a big laugh goes out. Or, or we can shuffle it out. Um, so, so flying is a massive uh, issue here, really. And the other thing, of course, is, is although we have a big scene dock, we've got narrow doors to get it through. So uh, we have a big Tetris game of making sure all the trucks are in the right place. Now, if something has diverted you and you've not moved your one piece at the right time, the bit you want is probably right near the back door. And, and that, that's the other um, uh, headache to get over sometimes when we've left something and it becomes landlocked and that, uh, that becomes a crisis. Um, but generally speaking, we run pretty smoothly. Out of all the performances you have, you know, there, there are very few where uh, where we, we encounter disaster usually.
Well, and a disaster the audience would be aware of. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't yes. it? It's, just make, it's, it's like a swan or yes. a duck. You're gliding yes. lovely, as far as everybody knows, but underneath you're paddling yes, like you do, that. Yes, yeah. if they don't know, then great. That's the point, yeah. yeah. Don't give it away. But this theatre is beautiful. I know you were particularly passionate about the history of it. We celebrated its 125th anniversary earlier on this year. There's been theatres on this site a lot longer than that, but a building of this age, I suppose, it has has its challenges, like you mentioned there. Yeah, it does, and we've, you know, uh, a few years ago, or now, or ten years ago, just coming up, we we, we decided we we had to install um, <clears throat> proper computer network throughout the building, and all all credit to a guy called Dave Roding who who crawled through spaces people shouldn't be able to crawl through and drilled through walls that were almost impregnable. Um, found actors from get, hundreds of years well, ago. You know, whatever, to get, yeah. to get this stuff all over the building, because it was a major task to do that. And, uh, you know, people say, have you got Wi-Fi? Well, I say, well, we've got it in this room because it's not going to get, through. it doesn't get through to the, it's not very, it's not very permeable. Um, so that, 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 that point presented a massive problem. Um, and the other thing is, of course, generally nowadays, uh, steps. Um, this building was uh, built on the design of an Aztec temple, and so you find that there are steps that go up the three, three treads, and then they'll come, they'll level off, and then it'll go down for two for no reason, and you'll go round a corner, and you're exactly where you were before. And you think, well, how has that happened? And this is because the original building, eighteen ninety three, was added to in nineteen oh seven, then again in nineteen thirty five. And so various things didn't quite match up and nobody really worried. And when they were building the, the first thing, nobody thought about levelling a floor off. They just went up with the hillside and that, and that was it. Um, so we do have uh, one or two access problems, which we're working towards remedying. And gradually that, that, that will happen. Um, but, you know, we have to remember the building, the building is, is what it is. And, uh, and that's... That's sort of part of its charm, really, I think. But that's that's what makes it really interesting, is you walk around the building. And if people want to, you do do backstage tours as well from time to time, where you can get all those little details and that information about the building's history, which I, I find fascinating. Yes, we do them, on average, once a month. I mean, there won't be one um, there won't be one in December, because of, obviously Panto takes over, but we do resume in, in January. And... They tend to take between one and a half and two and a bit hours, depending on how many are with me and what questions they ask and everything else. And they're all a bit different. They're all unscripted. You know, I just start and then eventually end. Yeah. <laughs> and there are things you can look in any room in, in this theatre and you can sort of, oh, what's that? And I know there are things like the old gas lights. The old, yes. Old, yes. And I around. tell people, did you know the last gas light was turned off in here in 1978? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. probably when I came... No, what but, year was Aladdin? I came to see Aladdin. That was the first panto I came to see back in the 70s. Okay. I can't remember which year it was now. The, the flyer for it's at the, in the gods. Yeah. Sort of top I, I, there. Well, actually, it might have been 77, cause, because Paul Elliott, who was the one that took the, the licence when the um, council took ownership of the building in 76, he was a, a big producer with Chris Marino, who was here for just over 30 years. Um, they they were well known as panto producers and, and that's when they started to to develop the first panto i saw was old king cole and that was a rep theater when it was a rep theater then and that was the early 70s and we came on a council bus from school in the morning and you know the tabs went out and the cold wind blew off the stage at that point 
Because the, 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 there have been in the past some quite big structural things gone on. At one time, one of the walls wasn't very. Well, that was that was that was the that was the, the point when the council stepped in. Um, it had been in private ownership from uh, being built up until 1975. Well, say private ownership, 55 as in um, an individual person, 55 to 75. That was when it's a Lincoln Repertory Company, um, and so. If you like, it was it was it wasn't um, local government funded, but they did get grants, etc. But um, yeah, they discovered in '75 they thought all the flying equipment wasn't safe; it was all wobbling around. But that was because the the back wall that it sat on was wobbling around, and so the place was shut down and and, and scaffolding was deployed right from under the stage. They built a new back wall. Um, and the council oversaw that. They took they took the building over for the city in, in 75, 76. And uh, subsequently leased it out, as I said, to this London management who took it over. And that was sort of when I came in during the middle of their period. And we got massive, uh, massive touring productions coming to the theatre. Bigger shows than probably an area and a city like Lincoln could sustain. This is because Mr Elliot was... was Talking things out to number one venues and at that point if you're an actor you got paid on your weeks out nowadays not always the case and uh, I suppose he thought if he was paying them he might as well have them work somewhere and get a little bit back mm. and so these 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 stars were, were brought to Lincoln to perform and so we had roughly 20 years of uh, of top-notch play uh, and entertainment coming here and um, I was sort of lucky to be involved in that really yeah, it, 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 it has changed over the years. But when it comes to, I mean, Panto, that's when everybody, um, you know, families come to the theatre when maybe the rest of the year they don't. But it's that reminder that there's this great venue here. Uh, come back and see us because we've got other things going yeah, on. Yeah, it is. It's surprising how many people only come to the Panto. But, you know, if you only come to the Panto, that's great. You come to the Panto. And we have lots of people that will go to the girls girls and boys in the box office on the way out and book for the same weekend or the same date a year following. And we still have a lot of um, particularly um, uh, farmers. I mean, bless them, there aren't that many of the, the, the individual ones around here now, you know. Um, but there are some of them that bring their entire workforce. And, and I, whether, whether the workforce wants to come, I think it's probably something that happens and there's been an inertia. And so you get a lot of works companies that still do that, and I quite like to see that happen. Um, but yeah, people people do often, you know, when they come on the tours, they'll say, well, I've not been here for many, many years, and we try and entice them back in. Um, I think it's a lot more, you know, despite people saying there's no leg room, blah, 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 but the building generally is a lot more comfortable. It's the layout, the bar area, and everything else that's going on. We've now got the bistro next door, which although as a separate entity provides a marvellous extra space prior to a show going in because uh, you know what, what you get when it's a full house like we have this week for Vita you know and last week for Vita is people are queued up down the corridors into the store's foyer as though they were waiting for the next sale to open <laughs> it's sort of <laughs> you, you can't encourage them to go anywhere else they don't want to leave the place in the queue well you've got a ticket madam it'll be fine you will see we'll be there but some people are just single-mindedly okay. heading on that door aren't they but that 
for you, having been at the theatre for as many years as, as you have, and to see these full houses, and like for Evita, as you say, it's really busy, but it's so heartwarming to see people oh, making it's, use it's, of the venue. It's, it's what it's about, and I remember the first time we sort of, we, we had big houses and everything else that was going on, when Mike and Nat came back uh, and, and, and rescued us, because they didn't, well, we were rescued, but me particularly, but you know, maybe that's another podcast. Um, <laughs> the uh, he, he, the pleasure on his face because he because he got like and I said to him I said you've done this for these people, these people have come out for a night but without the effort that you know as as a venue this is what we've given these people they're going home laughing they've had a good night they're talking about something, whatever whoever is going on that stage um it, it is a responsibility because you need to get the right sort of thing going on if you can um but it's very exciting to. To, to hear the audience's reaction on something that you know we have been part creators of during the afternoon to make the whole thing work the girls at front of house you you read the reviews that come in from whatever it is we do now some audience thing that survey always get a mention for the friendly staff and and, and how we all are um which you don't always get in other venues it, it is it is peculiar to us we you know we we, we it, it has always had it um but at the moment, it's definitely in the ascendancy. Um, Amateur-wise, well, you know, the Lincolns were the first lot to come here, and that was 1901. They they, they started off. Um, and I've always had a, a following. To start off with, it was a bit of a patronage. Everybody that was Lord Pelham and somebody else, Sibthorpe, and they all chucked money into the arts at that point and backed it. And it was, it was a very glamorous thing to be part of. I mean, obviously now it's much more inclusive. I think it was probably more elitist at that point. Um, but they've always been well supported um, and, and and continue to be so. I mean, some things go better than others. This is, this is I think, I think everybody was hoping for the numbers for this show that, it, that it's achieved. I, I think, probably might have been sceptical about it. But then I said Greece wouldn't sell when they picked that years ago because it was so different from anything else they'd ever done before. And what it did was it just brought a totally different audience base into the venue. Yeah. Um, it's exciting for something like this because there's 19, 18 piece orchestra. Um, if anybody comes to listen, I do play the tam-tam at the start and at the end. Um, uh, but but it, it's, to get that, it, it, it is almost impossible now for the ticket price. You know what I'm saying? You've got 70 odd people on there, a chorus, passive, and then an orchestra as well, as good as they are under David Williams. Um, and I have to think that Lincoln uh, is a is a much underestimated city in terms of the the, the uh, dramatic and musical talent that's around. We've we've, we've produced all sorts of uh, skilled performers over the years from through, through the amateur the amateur ranks, be that. Lincoln County, GNS, whoever that they've um, some have gone on to national stuff, but locally, um, stunning performances, very good. There is something about this theatre. Once you start getting involved, it's in your blood, and you can't kind of let it go. Because I know a lot of the front of house staff, the front of house staff, many of which are volunteers. There's a huge team of volunteers, of which I am one. Um, but many of them have been here many years and involved in productions and things as well. Yes, they do. They do both. I mean, um, <clears throat> let's think about the, the staff. Tracy Walker, who's, who's one of the box office. I mean, she's 
she's been involved with the theatre like as long as I have through the amateurs, the Lincoln amateurs, and that came to her through um, uh, through marriage really, and uh, to David and the Walker family. Um, like David's grandfather used to, was it was in the amateurs when it started in 1901. It goes right back to that, you know. There's an awful lot of that goes on. My son James, although he doesn't work here particularly uh, frequently now, came and gave me a day on the fit up and worked the panto. And Natalie rather sweetly took a photograph of us both working on one show together. And I was quite surprised the number of likes that got. People seem to like that sort of thing as it goes through. We're both in the flies working on the same show. Um, but you look at the um, the groupings that's in here. I mean, front of house stuff, uh, Katie and Yvonne have been here a very long time. Um, over 20 years, I think, at least both of them. Um, and uh, yeah, once you're here, you're sort of here really, aren't you? And I can't describe what it is. Or, uh, it's difficult to quantify. Um, I, just re I just refer to the building in the nicest possible way as some sort of siren. You know, you get dragged onto the rocks and you're not able to escape really. Um, not that you want to, yeah. it's in a nice sort of way. Um, sort of comforting when people often say you know that they, they, they one of the things talking about that sort of something <clears throat> about ghosts and things now some of the girls front of house are adamant there's folks around and and katie bless her says good night to people in the in the box that aren't there every time she's on you know on duty um i just say to people well i don't think there are any ghosts i said and as far as i'm concerned the likelihood of them was is probably nil until until it becomes my turn to be a ghost and I might come back and <laughs> cast a benevolent eye. Ian Marston will be floating around <laughs> with us, literally. Uh, but you have this, um, it is an unusual job in the sense that you, you're probably one of the few people who get to be in this building on your own and you must walk around in wonder at the kind of, um, you don't own it, but you're, you're, you're part ownership of it in, in what you make it and what you make it do. That must be quite special. Yeah, it's, people will say about the theatre, and I like it when it's empty, when I'm on my own. I don't find it at all distressing. I know some of the people don't like it when you turn the lights out at night. If you've left somebody in the wrong bit, they get a panic on everything else. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. And I, I, I don't mind the quiet. I mean, and it is. It's quite an amazing place because I mean it is really quiet at night. Uh, okay, Saturdays maybe not for the banging out at the clubs or the pubs behind there, but generally absolutely silent. But it feels a very safe place for whatever reason. Um, but then it's awkwardly equally ex as exciting as we say when it's packed like tonight and it's heaving. Both both dynamics um, have a definite attraction for me. I think. Um, yeah, I liked it. You know when we've when we've put something back that's, that's been broken, like when the proscenium's had an issue or we've restored something or... Um, the best thing is performing. I do miss doing that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing, I've, there's not such an excitement. I was fortunate to have 25 whatever years having parts that people wanted to come and see and were part of our companies. But when you're on that stage, and it's a full house, because I always say to people, because we get acts, acts come back here that probably you wouldn't think would want to come back because there's not enough people in the audience for them. But they come back for the venue, for, for what they get from being on that stage. For them, that's not about the money. As in amateurs, it's not about the money. Is it? It's about being given the chance to do it. And there's definitely, you know, when, when you're a performer on there and the audience are with you and you can feel the energy come across the stage, massively you can feel it. Um, 
it's like they are um, they are an alternator. You're you're giving what you're giving, but the, if it was a car, they'd be giving it back. So you've got more power. Um, and between the two, I mean, people people underestimate what what the audience do for a show, and they play a massive part in it. And the Lincoln audiences are fantastic. We had a show in the other week. They had 120. They were expecting more. They came off more buzzing than when they'd been somewhere the night before with hundreds. And that's the venue. The people are able to give it. And it's the shape of the venue. People always come in and say, well, is it a Matcham Theatre? Because that's a famous name that people know. And he was famous for this horseshoe shape and the, and the, the balcony closeness. And we say, no, actually, it's not. But it was made by two guys or built by two guys that were his apprentices. And so clearly they took it from him, you know, in the same way that Steve, me, everybody else has worked with art, have taken his abilities and, 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 and changed things because the world has changed a little bit. But, the, but that base of what's important is still there. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so Bertie Crew and Sprague built this and it has that that skill, you know, that they, 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 they knew how to build a playhouse. And, um, and it, it, it's an amazing place to perform. Um, and, you know, I will do something again if there's something for somebody a bit older now. <laughs> he says, raising his hand. <laughs> we ought to leave it there, really, because it's not going to be that long before curtain up for uh, tonight's performance of a video. No, we've got a bit of deading to do. We've had two days off, and so with, with the weather changing and messing around, we've probably got some cloths to make sure on through either in the air or on the knees. And I really do not want to be blamed for anything going wrong tonight. <laughs> No. It was Sue. She kept talking to me. She no, 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 no. The other boys are in. They're, they're all good at what they do. They'll be on the case. But there is a little bit of a, a little bit of a inspection required after two days off. He's had his coffee, so we'll be ready to go backstage and find out yeah, what's going on. I've got on. my mug back. I lost it. I think one of the band had it. Oh. <laughs> so he's a happy boy tonight. Ian, thank you so much. There is so many things that I do want to talk to you about. I and mean, we will have you on the podcast again in the not too distant future. And we'll pick your brains and we'll get some of that really, really juicy gossip from the Panto crew. Okay. Especially. All right. So keep, keep your ear to the ground. So that is it for In the Green Room, the podcast from the New Theatre Royal Lincoln. All forthcoming show information and ticket details, you can find them on our website, newtheatreroyal.co.uk. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for NTR Lincoln.